Is this a podcast about podcasts? I think I'm making a podcast about podcasts. How meta. Oh, shit. You can't say that. Can't say that anymore, can you? Uh, now everybody will think I'm talking about Zuck and the face gram. I'm not. I'm talking about podcasts on this podcast. Talking more, yeah. Talking more. You guys are talking. We are talking oh, really? A lot. a lot of talkers. I would agree with that. This podcast <laughs> is called Erase the Filter. Erase the Filter. Erase the Filter. If you listen to the last episode of this podcast, you'll know that I had a goal for this month and for this episode. My plan was to take one of the songs from my unfinished Here Inside recording project, that's my band with Anne, and do a deep dive. I intended to listen to it frequently, let the pen flow, to write lyrics that the music moved me to write, see what emerged, and develop the vocals to nudge that song just a little bit closer to completion. Well, the whole idea failed. Um, but in the words of Jessica Smucker from episode 15 of this podcast, the idea is going to come, and then, and if you don't have the time for it, it's it's going to it's going to circle back. It's not it's not this thing you have to chase quite that hard. Um, Grace was the theme of my conversation with Jessica. It really is okay when creative ideas don't pan out quite the way you expected. So I'm allowing myself some grace with that particular idea. That project exists, and it will remain sitting out there for now. Will I circle back around to it in March? I guess you'll have to tune in next time to find out. I continue to be busy making podcasts. I'm making a lot of podcasts these days. Some of them are undoubtedly podcasts, while others are things that might be podcasts or might not really be podcasts. So I remember when podcasts became a thing. A guy I worked with asked me if I'd ever heard of them. He said it was like making a homemade radio show, but you could publish them through iTunes and people could download them and listen to them wherever and whenever they wanted. So I was a intrigued. Podcast is <laughs> It's like a show without pictures. <laughs> it's like it's like a TV show without pictures, but it's like a radio on a diet. Like mm. it's, just... it's like a digital narrow-casted radio broadcast that reaches whoever Wants to hear it. Ooh, a podcast is someone just talking or multiple people talking for a while and hopes that somebody listens to it. Could they cross their fingers and they really hope someone listens to it? Or it's just like a journal, maybe. It could be a lot of different things. It's something you listen to. It's a black hole with wind swirling around where you try to throw ideas into it and make people like you. Talking about a certain subject with a certain vibe and you just get in that world for a minute and I love it. It's bite-sized information. Like, you know, it's a place where you can go to learn stuff in an audio format. A podcast is a great way to reach individuals on their time and on their terms. Talking about whatever. <laughs> I didn't really dig too deeply into podcasts back when I first heard about them. Uh, that must have been 2004. I seem to remember searching around, not really finding much. In fairness, it was really early, though. A couple of years later, 2006, I got an iPod, 80 gigs with a click wheel. Uh, I still use it, actually, but that's another story for another time. Anyway, I had been a fan of radio my whole life and would listen to a lot of talk radio. I loved Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell, rest in peace, back in the 1990s, and I continued to listen to that show when George Norrie took over sometime around 2003. 
I actually subscribed to the show's website so I could download MP3s of it the following morning. It was on overnight. I would sync the MP3s onto my iPod and listen to the show during my commutes to Philadelphia for work. Shortly thereafter, for me, radio and podcasts collided when This American Life, produced at WBEZ in Chicago, made the show available through the podcast feature in iTunes, and I would sync it up on the iPod every week. That led to other public radio shows like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and eventually Radio Lab and The Moth. Those kind of super well-produced radio shows being distributed through podcast apps really inspired the amateur podcasters to up the production game. And I started finding more and more independently produced shows that sounded great and were doing some really cool creative stuff. In the spring of 2010, I threw my own hat in the ring and started a podcast called Around the Woodstove. I'm Jason Mundock, and this is Around the Woodstove. Our purpose is to encourage the arts, the ones that live in and around Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and also the arts from elsewhere that are the result of Lancaster or that Lancaster should simply know about. This is a first episode. We'll start with music in two parts. At the time, I had already been producing audio for about 20 years, but that audio was almost exclusively recording music, myself, my own bands, a few other artists I had met along the way. So I had a fairly sophisticated home recording studio in my basement, and I started hosting house concerts. They were called wood stove house concerts because the bands would play next to an old wood stove that had been installed in a rear family room that was added to the house sometime in the mid-60s. A friend who was also into podcasts suggested I make one, interviewing the artists that I have coming to play the house concerts. After all, I already had the recording studio in the basement. Just grab a quick interview before the show and worry about the edits later. My first episode had two feature interviews, one with my friend Ryan Kaufman, who's a local jazz musician, and one with Jason Wilbur, a touring songwriter mostly known as the lead guitarist for the legendary songwriter John Prine. Also rest in peace. From the Woodstove House in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, I'm Jason Mundock, and this is Around the Woodstove. Today on the program, it's the final episode of Around the Woodstove. We're going to take a look back through the years, all the way to episode number one. I went on to produce 140 episodes of Around the Wood Stove over about four years. I loved making them, but eventually the show ran its course. You can still listen to it archived at woodstovehouse.com. Now I know what podcasts are. (laughs) Erase the filter. So there's this intersection between music and podcasts. Attention, really. I'm not making music because I'm making podcasts. But when I asked myself about this dilemma, I realized just how much music I actually have been making over the past few years for podcasts or videos or whatever. The tension isn't really about not making music. The tension is about the way I used to make music and how for some reason that way felt like the only way that mattered. What I haven't done for a while is the old school album cycle that kept me trapped in a particular creative pattern for decades. Well, you write a bunch of songs... And then you go into a studio of some kind and record those songs. You decide which ones are the best, and you call them an album. Then you make some artwork that in some way represents the songs in the album. You write some liner notes. Then you publish the album to some format. Compact disc, cassette, vinyl record, USB thumb drive, dat tape, streaming services, whatever. You send a bunch of emails to a bunch of people who call themselves the press, but not very many respond. 
And sometimes when they do, the review of the album isn't very good anyway. Then you try desperately to get people to listen to the album by playing a bunch of shows wherever you can. You try to sell the album or give it away just so someone will hear it. Not many people do hear it in the grand scheme of things, but hopefully you enjoyed making it and you don't mind listening to it yourself every once in a while. Just in time to start writing a bunch of songs again. again the real intersection again, for again, me right again. now is about composing and recording music for podcasts. Because I was trained to believe in the album cycle, I also believed that music made outside of that cycle is somehow less important, disposable. If it doesn't make it onto an album of some kind, does it even exist? There's a perception that the music that ended up on a band's B-side collection wasn't good enough for the album, or was deemed not good enough during the album process, so it wasn't really ever fully finished. Even though I never made my own records for a record label or some third party, I still wrapped my own constraints around the music by deeming some material to be worthy enough to make it onto an album, and some music to be left out. So making music just for podcasts was like I wasn't really making music at all. It's interesting now to go back three years to 2019. Was that really three years ago? Um, yeah, the before times. And look at some of the original music that I've made for podcasts and other media since then. In 2019, I started working on a few podcast ideas, Doers and the Candy Factory 5x5 podcast. I needed music for Doers so I could create a proper intro. Got it. You ready? Yep. This is the, the Doers. This is the Doers podcast. Do it. I love that you're doing that. I do. I was I actually do. working on a few ideas for theme music for podcasts in the spring of 2019. These were electronic pieces composed primarily using the Halion synthesizer for Cubase. That's the digital audio workstation software that I use for recording music. Here's one that didn't become the doer's theme. But the one that did become the theme fell together pretty quickly. I pulled that drum loop from some old rehearsal recordings back when my old friend Kelly McLean was the drummer in my band Here Inside. Back then we recorded everything, including rehearsals, and I was able to start mining that material for these ideas. Last year, my friends Aaron and Haley started a new podcast called Am I Pretty Now? They both work in the beauty industry and have a love for the darker side of pop culture. The show covers the ugly side of the beauty industry. The dark history of products and techniques that we take for granted now are don't think much of today. They record the show in our So Good Media studio. That's at the Candy Factory, the co-working space that my partner Ann founded 12 years ago, and where we make all of our media. I was intrigued by the show, and I offered to make some theme music for them. A few creative iterations later, we settled on this piece. One of the problems with writing for podcasts is that I usually only need about a minute of music for the initial theme, so it's easy to take a few basic ideas, pick one, flesh it out a little more, and move on. While organizing and researching my own music for this episode, I realized how much raw material I have to work with to expand these themes or play with variations. For example, the haunting melody in the Am I Pretty Now theme feels more lonely and ominous when isolated on the piano. On a completely different note, I 
I was recently working on a new theme for the Lit It Shirt Factory podcast. It's called Shirt Factory Center Stage. This is a show that started as a way to highlight the artists who are performing at a relatively new music venue in Lidditz, a neighboring town to Lancaster, that was created in a renovated old building that once housed a shirt factory. Through conversations with the hosts, Kim and Jim, and seeing a few shows at the venue, I wanted to create an early 70s rock vibe. I spun some old records by David Bowie, Roxy Music, Van Morrison, Fleetwood Mac. I tried not to mimic anything in particular, but rather just notice things that were happening in some of the music and build like a vibe. It was good to dust off the guitars and actually play some real strings for this piece instead of relying on so many samples and electronics. So no, I didn't reach my goal of resurrecting that on-hold album project and focusing on that one song, well, this song. But I did have some time to reflect on all the music I have been making and several of the ideas that didn't necessarily fit the shows I was working on at the time. While researching all of this for this show, I cataloged a bunch of music that is now top of mind and will undoubtedly become jumping off points for some new podcast music projects I have in the pipeline. So, making a podcast about podcasts and a podcast about the music I've made for podcasts made me rediscover music I tried to make for podcasts but will now use for new podcasts that I'm making music for. And that, my friends, is about as meta as you can get. Thank you to Al, Janet, Melody, Taylor, Tony, and Jessica for helping me make this episode. This is Jason Mundock. Thanks for listening to Erase the Filter. Show notes can be found at erasethefilter.com, and if you have feedback about the show, feel free to email me at jmundock, J-M-U-N-D-O-K, at gmail.com. And always remember... Open your mind. Be yourself. Erase the Filter.